Welcome, Hello. welcome, all the boys and girls from all the lands to this TOVG podcast here, where I am sick again. Oh, we, no. We, we also <clears throat> have Matt Visual and Jimmy Belikoff, as usual. Hello. However, we won't in the coming weeks. I don't even know if we, like, have a plan yet. We're just flying by the seat of our pants. <laughs> We're just soared across the air in a, in a s- s- sitting position. I think, just, I like, think the, the, the email is full, the other. right? It, the email is full, right, Jimmy? Like, the, the requests are flooding in. Uh, we got a couple big names. PewDiePie contacted us. I think he DM'd you, right, Jimmy? Like, uh, dude, we're going to have some big guests. Okay. Literally the only person who actually requested to be on the show was just like, hey, I would like to be on the show. And there there were just somebody on Twitter. And I was like, but why would, but why? <laughs> Sorry, guy on Twitter, but the whole point of having guests was like, having like notable guests in the video game community and or YouTube scene to come hang out. Say what's some, up. Some people just need something to do. Yeah, yeah. Start and, a yeah, here's yeah. here's something. Start a podcast. <laughs> there oh, you go. We could have them call in, dude. We could totally have them call in, and they all can be part of the podcast. Look, oh, look, oh, Matt, I'm sure. I think people have made it very clear that they're done with calling. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> snap! I think that was the best one yet. I almost <laughs> missed it. I just almost <laughs> missed it. Holy crap! You know, I, I I think the podcast can't get any better than that. I think we should. Just we might end as well it right call now. it for the week. Yeah, it's yeah. All downhill yeah from we'll here. see you guys next week without weed, man. Catch you later. I'll be. Don't the tell country. your moms about us. <laughs> oh, please do. So, if you hear if you hear click clacking in the background, that's just my loud ass keyboard as I make my way to Old Dalaran to uh, get some get some fishing achievements done. You know how, what? Do how are you enjoying the new expansion? It's fantastic. Really? I'm having so much fun. Yep. Hold on, it came out already? Legion came out on the 30th, yes. Oh, I didn't I didn't hear anything about it. Oh, maybe uh, maybe I've just been MIA like editing in my dungeon. But yeah. like I didn't hear much about it at all. Um yeah, it came out the I got to play the pre-patch for like 2 days and I'm glad I got to play it Ooh. for that much cuz um so the whole premise of Legion is that the Burning Legion is coming back in full force. It's kind of like it's kind of like the direct I don't know, storyline sequel to uh Burning Crusade, which was the first expansion of WoW. Um, oh, so they're bringing it way back. Going full Well, circle. I mean like like this has always been the storyline in WoW. Everything revolves around the Burning Legion and their allies. Um but like this is like the Legion is attempting to invade Azeroth again. So it's like a big big deal. And um, a lot of key players are back, like Illidan and Gul'dan and stuff, and it's it's pretty cool. The storyline's pretty cool. There's a new Demon Hunter class that I haven't tried out yet, but um, the, the, I was originally going to play a Warrior, because I play Warrior, typically, because I like melee classes that are easy to play, and basically you just you click the buttons that light up is how you play Fury Warrior. You hit buttons, and other buttons light up, and you click those buttons. And then do things for free without without cost. And that's how you do damage. And they decided this time around that they were going to be like, yo, you know that, that rogue spec that nobody uses combat? Because why would you use combat spec as a rogue? Like, you want to be a ninja, right? Uh, nobody uses that. Nobody knows what it's supposed to be and nobody likes it. So let's just turn it into outlaw spec and make it so that you can be a rogue pirate. And I was like, well... <laughs> Never playing anything else again. Officially pirate forever and always. Um, there goes the pirate theme again. Yeah, and fucking go figure. It plays like a Fury Warrior where you do a bunch of stuff and it procs other buttons and you, you do a fuck ton of damage. And it's really cool. So, uh, good on Blizzard because Outlaw is fucking rad. And it's like, like I'm actually having like a lot of fun playing as it because... I don't know. It has all the fun stuff of like stealthing around like a rogue, but you also get that like in-your-face combat that other classes get to do. So it's neat, and I don't know. It's Jimmy, I think it's a good expansion. Yeah. You remember when um, when I first came on this podcast, I was talking about MMOs, and yeah. everyone here was just like you know had their nose up like <laughs> MMOs. 
And now I don't play MMOs, and now you're mm-hmm. playing MMOs. What's going on here? The Twilight Zone? And you seem to be having uh, a yeah. good time with this, too. Well, I can attribute that to the fact that I think... Playing with well, friends? I don't, I don't know why I got back into MMOs. I mean, yes, definitely playing with friends. Because um, I played Kata back in the day before I was on the podcast. Right. Um, like, I my... I actually had to make a different account, not Battle.net account, but like a different like WoW subscription account for Legion so that me and my friend could do Recruit a Friend to level faster together. Um, but it lo- allowed me to see my other account and I was like, I haven't logged on Cataclysm WoW in five years. Oh, wow. Um, it's crazy that it's been that long. But I don't know, like I've, I've always liked the concept, but now that I got into the lore a lot more and everything and I played Warmain for a bit, that free server or private server, I just like kind of understand it more and having that understanding of like it's not it's not my expectations that should be met i should be trying to understand what the game is attempting to be because i always thought mmos were dumb because i wanted like like real-time action games like that's what i always liked i like real-time combat and stuff yeah i still like that as well but i realized that that's not the fucking point well, uh, well, I mean, there are MMOs that do that for sure and do it well. Right. Which ones? Um, Terra was one of the action MMOs. There's a lot of a lot of Korean I, MMOs, and there's a I lot. I tried out Terra. And was- th- 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 oh, oh yeah, you tra- oh that's that's an older one. You know, there's Vindictus, which is kind of dungeony. There's um. There's Dragon Nest. There's there's quite a few. There's quite a list. I mean, it all. It's not gonna have, you know, Blizzard type of cleanness though. Yeah. Well, nothing is because yeah, Blizzard's so deep in the game that like, yeah, nothing is gonna reach that level of polish this late in the game. You know, yeah. you even have Black Desert that was slightly action too. I don't it, know. Yeah. Yeah. I heard good things about Black Desert, and but I never Google, played it. Google really image searching for Vindictus is bringing up some some very smooth, polished, curvy results. Yeah, yes, that's exactly how they get you in the game <laughs> to spend that money on underwears and stuff. I it's think really, I've seen this girl really. in a graphics card box. <laughs> so, real quick, uh-huh. I just want you guys to know. I, I mentioned that I was going back to old Dalaran. Mm-hmm. Um, just flying through Borean Tundra just now. I went over Wintergrass, which is the dedicated PvP arena of Wrath of the Lich King. Apparently they still have that thing where it's like, you're not in this combat, you will be dismounted and, and excommunicated from the area in 30 seconds. And I was like, wait, what? And so I tried to navigate my way back out before that happened, made a hard right turn, it dismounted me, gave me a parachute, and you can't change direction when you're parachuting so i just parachuted all the way out into the ocean wow has so, parachutes now yeah well, i was always always had parachutes really yeah if it if they auto dismount you and you're above something okay i guess wow has had parachutes <laughs> since you've had flying mounts so probably bc yeah i never anyway, i never though, got flying mounts anyway though all that aside uh can I just mount in the water? I can just mount in the water. Oh my god, this game's amazing. Um, <laughs> I was trying to swim back to shore. I could just get on my mountain and fly. Anyway, uh, the quest lines in Legion are good. The storylines are good. I've enjoyed everything so far. It's A lot of it is callbacks to like the deeper storylines that were found in Wrath of Lich King, which I think a lot of people will say is the height of WoW before it took a big dive story-wise in Cataclysm and Mists of Pandaria. So... I don't know, man. I'm enjoying it. I haven't hit level cap yet. I'm 106 right now. Uh, and they, they made everything cool. You can do the zones in whatever order because they, like, auto-scale to your level. Ooh, me lovey. Mm. Yeah, so all, me and all my group who's playing, we went to different parts of the of the Broken Isles, and we all, like, started in a different area to, like... Like, I started in Azuna, my friend started in High Mountain, my other friend started in Valshara. We all just, like, compared afterwards, and, like, it's pretty fucking neat. I don't know. I like it. Would recommend if you fell out, like, fell out with WoW during, like, Cataclysm. Seems like it's bringing back a lot of the cool stuff about the older ones, especially I hear the dungeons are good. I haven't tried any dungeons yet, but I hear they're, like, really, like, interesting mechanics-wise and stuff, as opposed to just, like, 
like tank and spank. Yeah. So you think they might be so, yeah. trying to make an active effort to to appeal to, <laughs> to the bring old back their fans with all the controversies this year? Yeah, and I think it's like I was, I was said for like two weeks in a row I was going to make a video about this. I don't know if I am because I don't know if I understand it enough, but I like I think it shows that they're kind of doing what Pokemon X and Y did, where it's like, yeah, it's all the new stuff that's polished up in the new way, but it's bringing back sort of some of the elements of the old stuff that did work, like some of the storylines and like the writing and such, mm -hmm. the questing, like how those things interacted. Yeah. Like it's, it's not just being like, this is the old thing. It's being like, this is some of the old thing, but it's also like good. Yeah. So like it's, it has the modern polish with the, uh, with the old school style. So I don't know, man, I highly recommend at least giving it a shot. Maybe you want to go back to RuneScape and start fishing. <laughs> RuneScape actually has fucking classic servers. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I can't I get back we know into that it. I, I don't think, like... <laughs> I can't imagine me ever playing RuneScape ever again. Like, I'm not, I'm not in the sixth grade anymore. Yeah, it, it's... I used to play it in high school, uh, ninth grade. I just... I loved it. I love getting those little numbers for combat and fishing and 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 tree hitting wood cutting. That's what it was. And just tree hitting. <laughs> tree hitting. Yeah, it's just constantly clicking over and over. That all the whole game is just click, 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 click. And now they have like an action combat and all that type of stuff. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's old school. It's old school. Mm. But yeah. back in the day, like its primary appeal was that it was free to play, which meant that you as a sixth to ninth grader with no money could could have the a, a sampling of the full MMO experience from the safety and comfort of <laughs> a trash budget. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> even need a good computer to run that thing. You could like pull it up at school like it was... It was something. It was definitely something. It was. It's still free. It's just you stay in the in the the free area, and then there's like a member only, massive, like, expansion around that free area that you can't even touch until you mm. pay like five dollars a month or something like that. It's super cheap. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's. It's probably they probably raised it to like eight or seven or something like that. But yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh, watch out! Whoa. Whoa, those extra you two might, bucks, you better you better tell mom, you know? Have have one less Happy Meal a month. <laughs> right. Happy Meals are not $2 anymore. They're, they've gone up. Got, got, mm, 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 hey, mm, hey, Matt, mm, have you yeah. been playing any real video games? I, I, oh, what do you mean, other than RuneScape? Um... I wait. Have I've, you been actively playing RuneScape lately? No, 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 no. I haven't Ooh. even touched it in years. No, no. Ooh. I don't think I can go back to it. Um, uh, the guy that we had on podcast, Fred, he always like, man, you haven't logged in in this, and you have this on your account. Blah blah blah. It was really cool to to ask him about the, those questions. But anyways, um, I I've been mostly working on fixing the Pokemon Go video because I had a little sensor dust and stuff like that on the used camera that I got. Mm. That's been a little bit crazy. But I fixed it and everything like that, and it took me hours. But uh, I'm I'm happy yeah. with with what what it came out to. Um, Pokemon Go, uh, some stuff for other channels, and um, of course, you know the Peace Walker for my channel, which I'm thinking about doing co-op for. But I am pretty much boring, other than um, the weekly. Oh no, I did play a game. Did I play mm. a game? Oh, Battlefield One. Oh, oh, that's a big, important game, kind yeah, of, sort it, of. It went in beta, and I couldn't log in the first day over and over again. And then the second day, today, was uh, me trying to log in over and over again. Um, no, no, trying to get inside of a multiplayer match and keep getting failed to connect. You know, it's like mm. me and my friend were talking, Battlefield betas are always like... You, you you roll a dice if you're gonna actually play. Mm -hmm. 
They're um, one of the few betas out there that no, no, actually but You feels... can't miss that one there. You cannot miss that joke, you guys. Okay, don't miss it. Nice, nice developers. Did, did okay, okay. They're okay. one of the few that actually feels <laughs> like like a full representation of the beta name. Yeah, I think what's yeah. unfortunate though is is the, the anger that modern battlefield games like always receive on launch might might be a testament that maybe the finished product does as well. But uh, yeah. I I have generally had fun with them over the past three installments by buying the super stupid Deluxotron Game of the Year edition about a year to a year and a half after it comes out and it goes on sale for 20 zilch something dollars. Like, they're literally giving away DLC packs for Fallout... Eh, not Fallout, Battlefield 4 on Origin every now and then. And, and <laughs> like, I bought the game for $5 and have two of the four expansions for free, so... I've I've been pretty happy with it because at that low of a price point, it's impossible not to be happy with it. And I'm wondering mm. if that's the the strategy I should take here, or if uh, if it's good enough to be actually trying to, to make a good game from scratch this from his time. mantle. Yeah, mm. no, nothing not could take, take siege. siege huh? yeah. no, no. Siege is, well, is my babe. I got to play a couple matches um, when I finally, after about forty minutes, got inside of Jesus. a match. Jesus. And I don't, Ooh. I don't, I just don't have the time like I was when I was a kid to just sit there and wait. Like all I want to do is play this one game, and I have nothing else to do that day. I can't do that anymore. But I really wanted to just test it out with a friend, and me and my friend were just sitting there waiting, and we we're, we we're catching up and stuff. So I mean, it worked out. But like, damn, that's a long time to wait for a match. And after we got booted from that, we stopped playing. We just like forget it. We're not we're not waiting another thirty minutes to find a, a empty server. And there's not many. Yeah. They have a server browser, by the way, guys. So you can see the list. Um, and it Yay. seems like there's only like twelve servers up, and half Oof. of them are conquest, and half of them are rush. Okay, which is those are probably between, like just yeah. official EA servers. Yeah, um, and th there's no other servers though, which is weird. Is like, is it not showing the entire list, or just like thousands of people waiting in line to play this game? Because this mm. is weird. It's just weird to see only like barely a thousand people online playing Battlefield One on a Friday night or Friday <laughs> evening. You know, it's just weird. But um, what I played, it felt like, it felt like. Battlefront. I've noticed that it looks like Battlefront too. It looks like Battlefront. Like it's, it looks pretty good on consoles. Okay, I played on console because that's what my friend has. It looks mm. pretty good. It looks pretty good. It, it reminds me a little bit of um, World at War, which is kind of one of my favorite Call of Duty games. Um, I like, quite like World at War. Yeah. Yeah. It's ooh, the, everything about it. I I like old school. Uh, um, World War games um and mm -hmm. it has that feel but of course the graphics are like amped up um but mm -hmm. it's battlefield with battlefront with a battlefront feel you know little rubbery kind of like you're in hazmat suit like you know how the <laughs> battlefront feel when you're running and stuff and uh, uh, how the area looks it has that feel but it's still kind of battlefield you can prone you know you can there's different guns there's different loadouts there's medic now uh, which I felt like wasn't in Battlefield 4. They're, they kind of just mix it in with the assault. assault. Yeah, which is kind of like bad, um, bad company a little bit when, when they had medic and stuff. Or was it mm. like medic or support? So, support. so yeah. Colin's been playing it, and, well, he hates it. But one thing that <laughs> I thought <laughs> sounded really weird to me was that there isn't a default engineering class if that no. is correct, I so how did do you not repair see any a, a tank. So what? Oh, I don't know if you repair a tank. I've never tried to repair it because there's no engineering spec, um, and I didn't see anything in the list for the for the loadouts. Uh, how you destroy a tank um, is using an assault class, and the assault class has like these little like TNT things that you could th throw on and then blow the blow the charge. Um, so that's I haven't seen any missile launchers or anything like that. I don't, I, I don't know. Did they have RPGs back then or any type of RPG type 
weapons back then? I don't <laughs> you, know. You said that, and I was like, have RPGs back... No, nope. RPGs have been around for a while, Matt. Like role playing games, and I was like, <laughs> "No, oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah." yeah, yeah. I, it dawned on me that you meant, "Did they have rocket propelled grenades in World War One?" Yeah. Now I understand. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. had mortars. I don't know if they had actual RPGs, but they had mortars. There is artillery there. There is artillery, so that might be the mechanic that they're using. That everyone has a chance to defeat uh, mm-hmm. a tank in that way mm-hmm. but i mean a tank could easily just wipe you out like you're out in the open with yeah. that thing one, one mm-hmm. of the things that i thought they really missed out with bf4 was how overpowered tanks got in that one and it was uh weird going back to battle company 2 where tanks uh if not were facing off against a hard counter built into almost every class then they were at least like a lot slower and and kind of suffered some tunnel vision from a narrow field of view or the map was full of enough cover to just be able to hide and sneak away from a tank closing in on you. But this Mm. map's a big desert. It's like full of flat land (laughs) and a lot of space to run away from tanks. And uh, there were some maps like that in Battlefield 4, but they were like dedicated vehicle maps. And I, I can imagine that it would be really, really weird to see a desert map in a World War I setting be full of tanks not for the sake of like a coherent visual aesthetic but to make the gameplay more forgiving and fun for most of the players in the server by by giving them some kind of cover as they sprint across these wide open lands but colin was telling me that tanks don't spawn really often enough to give everyone a fake sense of security there's there's a very short time to kill no matter where you are in the map and that the only class that actually can repair vehicles is the pilot. Mm. So if you click on an airplane from the spawn map, you you spawn as the k- kind of hidden special pilot class that has the ability to repair vehicles. But that sounds so weird that 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 can't be right. Um, I was playing Rush and like vehicles were tanks were just popping out. So I don't. He must be <laughs> playing in a like they were just they were there and but both of them I, were getting I, blown up at all times. Like people, it was never tanks were never annoying. Um, it, once people worked together, uh, it was quite fun it was quite fun it was it was a better experience i would say than battlefront was uh what about battlefield 4 because you've played with a bunch of friends a couple times on that how does it how does it compare um i mean i would have to play a few hours to really get that but like i thought i thought it was um because like battlefield 4 is different like you're jumping on buildings and you're going up into helicopters and stupid stuff can happen in midair and stuff like that like it has verticality you're in the trenches and stuff, and there's like a sandstorm that comes, and you're you know you can't see far away, so snipers can't just sit out there and camp during the sandstorm because uh, you won't be able to see anything. Um, right. There's lots lots of little things like that. The guns feel good ish. Uh, sensitivity is a little ish. wacky on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know, actually. The thing I'm most looking forward to from the footage I've seen and from what I played and saw Battle Battlefront. For some reason, the past two dice battle whatever games have had like really good weapon animations. Mm-hmm. The the character animations look pretty solid. I mean, wow! Mm. Uh, the attackers on Rush like they had this flowing cape, and you can uh, so the attackers have like a darker, uh, darker clothes than the defenders. So you can mm-hmm. easily pick them out than you could pick out someone oh, that's in a That's clever. Zone. That's really clever. Yeah. And and they they sometimes they try to speed with the horses and if you if you catch them trying to come around the corner and on on the on the map you can like shoot them off the horse and stuff like that. So if when you get on the a, horse, they, the horse feels good and you they, get another weapon when you're on the horse though. You get like a a rifle. If um, they make a hardcore mode where you have no HUD, you'll be able to tell who you're shooting at this time because because of those uh colors and the uniforms yeah yeah you would you definitely would because defenders are wearing like white-ish clothing like the desert camo-ish going on there um and the other guys are like 
uh, have like these long ragged capes in the back that look really cool, really cool. Look like something out of um, I don't know Wolfenstein or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I I mean, aesthetic is good. I I have to play more of it when the, the servers are not breaking. I understand it's a beta, but man. <laughs> Damn, I wanted to play. I wanted they, to try it out because I'm always interested in a new Battlefield game. Do I ever buy it? <laughs> but I'm always interested in a new Battlefield game because I played them when I was a kid and I grew up and stopped that Battlefield company too. There there are mumblings up. of a deliberate DDoS attack making it so hard for you to join uh, the game. The Call of Duty oh, guys. Is that is that what people say these kinda, days? The Call of Duty guys are DDoSing. Kind of sound like, yeah. like me and Matt are in the same boat then because... Uh, constant ddosing on wow servers since legion launched and uh also you're saying 40 minutes to get into a match every dungeon queue is like two hours because i'm dps oh my gosh two hours which is why it's why i haven't done a fucking dungeon if you're a healer it's 10 seconds of course of course yeah yeah of course as always in every mmo it's just it's always healer you know they they could just make more healer and tank classes, but you know, that's none of my business. Yeah, yeah. Every single time someone tries to fix it, and it's always they never quite land it. Never quite so the, land it. The internet is still a shit, and people still don't play healer enough. <laughs> well, it's because there's not enough healers. There is disproportionately more DPSs than there are healer and tank classes. Wildstar tried to fix it, and. Yeah, didn't didn't work quite well. Guild Wars Two oh. tried to fix that as well, and it, it kind of worked. Except the dungeons didn't get better. Um, mm. <laughs> they didn't get updated. Uh, I feel they kind of left. Yeah, really bad for making this analogy, but I really like how Overwatch balances the healers <laughs> versus damaging characters, and yeah, wish wish that maybe it was an MMO to fix that problem. I mean, it was once upon a time. <laughs> Titan, no, yeah, yeah. I'm glad it wasn't an MMO though. I, but I do agree that their methodology of going about making support and healer classes also interesting to play is a good thing. Like they they went really liberal with what what counts as a hero design. Like like Lucio does not look like a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but he does look like someone that you'd want to like hang out with and you should want to hang out with Peeler. oh gosh I'm not gonna look into that <laughs> what he's fucking he's got rollerblades he's got a headphones on yeah he's just so radio as fuck I'd hang out with him I'd hang out with him that's that's the end of that I statement I ended it as if I was gonna say he's, more but I would hang out cool with him for me. I mean he enjoys fun so I don't know if you would like <laughs> get along very well yeah. but oh. speaking of not enjoying fun i okay, decided to go. replay a fun old game after finishing deus ex mankind divided i started up a new game of deus ex one but since i hate fun <laughs> i set <laughs> difficulty all the way up to the highest and self-imposed yeah. a non-lethal playstyle challenge and streamed yes. 12 hours of it wearing NVIDIA 3D vision glasses. Oh my, oh my god, George. And it was What's wrong with you? really, really interesting. So this game has absolutely shit combat animation timings. The, uh, the, the tool of the trade here, your bread and butter for, for going through Deus Ex 1 without killing anyone is using gas grenades and... Uh, tranquilizer darts and pepper spray and the gas grenades of the pepper spray cause enemies to get locked into a kind of stun animation where they like wipe their eyes and stand perfectly in place from where they were previously stopped but if they rotate there are a few frames where they can just start shooting you oh there's like two (laughs) frames of them in between like facing 12 o'clock and three o'clock where they can get a few shots off because when they're turning the game's programming AI logic is like, oh, they're in a turning combat state, not they're in a turning sobbing from getting poison gassed state. Mm. So 
the the main method of takedown for any particular bad guy I was coming up against in Deus Ex was to gas them to get them in the stun and then like <laughs> circle strafe around to bunny hop their backside where I like slap them with the baton that looks a lot like a switch. So there's this one moment. The game's not designed to be played through pacifists. Like ad- advanced Metal Gear Solid games can be done like this, but they give you they give you tools even when it's really hard. This is a game that was just not meant to be played as a pacifist at all. So there's lots of sections where they spam alert guards at you and also you you don't have good non-lethal takedown tools like those gas grenades that only halfway work when you're up against people with guns that mm-hmm. are alerted to you. So there's one section though where it managed to work miraculously in my favor, and I almost want to like take a clip out of this stream and save it. Where I have Shit. I have to sneak into a barracks room next to a airplane hangar I'm supposed to sneak in. So I just kind of mm-hmm. walk up to the barracks door, like zigzag in and out of a bit to get everyone's attention, and like ten guys flood out, but I just start waving the pepper spray in their general direction. <laughs> and so like ten grown ass men are just like standing in place, sobbing, wiping their eyes. In the middle of oh this combat God. situation, as I bunny hop and circle stray from one to another, slapping them in the booties, which causes them to, like, pass out and go to sleep. Dang. And then there's just, like, this field left over of, like, 11 unconscious bodies sleeping peacefully. <laughs> wonderful it's it's really hilarious and interesting and also super frustrating because of those shots they can pull off in the middle of them rotating after they've gotten gassed and since i have difficulty ramped up to realistic mode you the player character die in like two three shots so if they have an automatic weapon with a high rate of fire and are able to get those two three shots off as they are rotating to catch up with you rotating around them to get to their backside, it's all over. And it's really a gamble. There's a lot of moments in this stream where I was just up against a brick wall of of a certain threshold in the game where if I just walk past this threshold, I instantly die. And I don't know where from. There's a certain enemy type that's a sniper who just can think about killing the player and it happens. There's like no time needed at all for this guy to make a shot. And mm. uh, that was enlightening. You you supposedly, you can play through Deus Ex 1 without killing anyone, but you had to kind of break the game. And I now I know why, because this is the first time I've attempted it myself. There's a boss character named Anna Navar who, uh, who would face off against the character and not stop bothering you until one of you die but Mm -hmm. in the original game you could plant a mine on the wall next to her crouch jump onto the mine and use it to get a boost onto a piece of scenery that lets you escape the boss arena wonderful but i'm playing a mod called deus ex revision that uh changes a lot of stuff it it polishes a lot of things but i was also interested in seeing some straight up level redesigns that these fans made and music remixes which is really cool but they patched out that route from the boss arena oh (laughs) oh so you just played up to that point and you're like oh crap kind of yeah and navara had to die there was no other way out of out of that situation so i might end up having to leave the playthrough with just one kill but other than that it was it was a stupid fun time <laughs> they didn't say that you could play pacifist if you wanted i thought they said that they said you could play stealthily if you wanted Ah. And and in the first two levels, it's funny, the game acknowledges a pacifist playstyle, but only for the first two levels. After that, the writing of the game kind of assumes that you're killing the bad guys. As the level design also encourages you to by putting them in places that you can't really non-lethal past easily. But I managed it by save-scumming like... Yeah, like a a rodent. I'm I'm sure it was really frustrating to watch because it was just a back and forth of me pressing quick save and quick load like every three steps. Dishonor. Mm, dishonored. I I was truly dishonored. dishonored. Actually, does have a pacifist mm. route though. Yeah, games these days do, and I think that's a really, really good I, improvement. I, I did actually. appreciate pacifist until I played Metal Gear. I didn't really appreciate doing it. 
until Metal mm. Gear. Yeah. The Metal Gears make you work for it. Yeah. And, I and never cared new, about it. And the new all. Deus Ex and Dishonored, it's just kind of an alternate playstyle. Yeah. But I, I, I love how a pacifist run in a Metal Gear thing is something that you really really have to borderline break the game except in the process of quote-unquote breaking the game you're actually discovering cool tricks that the developers intended you to be exploiting for the pacifist run this is a situation where i don't feel like i'm breaking the game so much as i'm just like (laughs) quick saving and quick loading at a faster rate than it can kill me (laughs) (laughs) um which actually is pretty interesting that undertale does pretty much the opposite where the pacifist route I mean, you have to work for it in that you have to play the game twice, but uh, it's they actually make the the like one that you have to work for the opposite. The genocide route is like hard mode in that game, and the pacifist route is kind of like pleasant mode. Yeah, it it shows just how many different ways there are of interpreting video game combat that we have only scratched the surface of. Because yeah, seriously, they play differently in Undertale. Yeah, you made you reminded me of that game. And game put it put a smile on my face. Good game. It's a good game. You wanna know you wanna know tragedy? I was I was one thing away from completing that game. All I had to do was beat the last fight in in genocide. I didn't realize it was the last fight. And oh. I didn't realize that I had made it to the last like five seconds of that fight. I just you know, like <laughs> it, it's a very hard fight, so you have to like restart the entire five minutes yeah. or whatever it is. And one day I like got super far and I was like, well, I think I'm just going to give up on it. And then I talked to someone later and they were like, oh, if you would have stayed alive for like three more seconds, you would have beaten the game. I'm like, oh, gosh, that (laughs) brings back horrible memories because you have to stay alive for like, I think it it, is it 11 minutes or seven minutes for the final boss. It's it's very fucking long. It's a long long time. time. That sounds absolutely terrible, and I'm not doing that. Holy you're, you're crap. Not, you, you haven't done the genocide hell no. for seven minutes straight. I don't think I have the heart not to. Just, not just bullet hell. It's memorization as well. It's almost DDR at that point, like a hard mode DDR. I, I, I suck was at ready DDR. to jump out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking hard. Well, there you go. Speaking of being hard pretty fucking hard. <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i should like touch that i don't, don't know if i should touch that pretty touch hard, hard thing oh okay yeah but, but you know i i think that that you our humble listener will be pretty hard listening to us <laughs> talk about the news <laughs> i should get like some some compensation. I'm handicapped. I'm sick. Listen to me. See you after the these messages. The bush? Maybe. Jimmy was just talking about how how the modern discourse for one who follows video game news these days is is straight apathy. Everyone everyone seems to want everything while also wanting it to be nothing all at the same time. Yeah, I, I think I'm just amazing. I'm just sick of the like uh, this Our publisher boss? fucked up and and this game wasn't good and. I don't know. That's pretty much the only two news topics that are ever <sighs> anything anymore. You know, yeah. the topic that I'm real tired of mm. is, uh, whoa, this big thing that was really, really hyped up is not the thing we all wanted it to be when we pretended it to be something else in our heads without having yeah. any solid physical basis evidence to form that opinion off of. Yeah. yeah. I'm real tired of that one, and that's... uh two fucking topics this week two oh that boy I do have on the outlet fun yeah yeah fun until now though like you know the, the one topic that i always do have a lot of fun covering because it makes me feel more important than i actually am and like i might be smarter than i actually am is financial news mm. 
Because that way we can like toss around numbers and postulate. And they're usually positive because as like negative as the video game community gets over what they want their video games to be before they have any physical solid proof backing up their their mental image of what this perfect video game is going to look like before it comes out. The video game industry is doing very well. CD Projekt Red is now worth over $1 billion. Say what? Bum, bum, bum. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, like still small fry in comparison to the big mega Japan, US or, or other like Western European countries. But, you know, unprecedented for, for like Polish studio with one big game. Hmm. Uh, but it. also kind of a uh, liability at the same time. They have a lot of investors, you know, pouring a lot of money in and over to get them worth over one billion dollars and. And there's no telling if their next one big game, Cyberpunk 2077, is going to live up to that. What they are going to try to do in the meantime, though, is make Gwent an eSport. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> Making games an eSport, it never turns out well, does it? <laughs> Unless you're Blizzard. To do it. Yeah. Unless you're Blizzard. Blizzard can make anything an eSport. Blizzard is going to make social eating on Twitch an eSport. And eat sport, if you will. Well, when when I when I hear Gwent is supposed to be esport, at least in my mind, uh, the positive thing to think of is they're going to make it balanced mm-hmm. and not have scorches everywhere, right? So, right. so I mean, that's a that's the that's positive, right? Hopefully, yeah. yeah. And and I think from like what you and I were actually playing the other day, like we were learning about what potential there is there for yeah. for a card game with that kind of setup to be. Um, competitively viable and that is when you get into the upper levels of two evenly matched decks which because it's a mini game and a big game doesn't actually happen that much in the game there's really really interesting uh uh like trash talk and and shade throwing dynamics going on that are part of the <laughs> skill cap <laughs> yeah yeah uh so yeah they they are probably not in a good position to be throwing all their eggs in one basket, so they're not. They're going to be pushing God Galaxy harder. The Gwent community and online features are going to be running off of God Galaxy, which might uh, might mean that if it does get a Steam release, it might be kind of limited in functionality and force you to install another client, which Ooh, would oh be boy. really annoying. My favorite thing, my favorite thing yeah. that, that all the bad publishers do like Ubisoft, yeah. don't do what Ubisoft does ever. It's it's Ooh. almost like trying to stay competitively viable in a capitalist economy makes you evil. Anyway, I mean, that's weird that GOG. I mean, GOG is the whole point is that you have DRM free stuff. Yeah, the whole point DRM? is to not be evil. Yeah. But I would expect that as they make more billions of dollars, well, here's the any thing: any company literally ever is going to be more evil. Here's the thing. Don't quote me on this, and you'll probably never hear these words out of my mouth ever again, but if there's anybody who's doing the evil capitalism thing, at least right in this respect, I would have to say it's EA. Because, yeah, right? Because EA is not slapping games on Steam and then saying, once you open the game, now log into our other thing. They have Origin. That is... That was speculation on my part right. based off of quotes in their financial report right. saying that they're going to use God Galaxy to support their community features for Gwent. I realize I, I'm, I'm opening like sort of a, a theoretical dialogue about like what would be good and bad. But that is the real situation for a lot of Ubisoft games. Yes. You install a Ubisoft game from a Steam purchase, it installs the Uplay client and launches the game from a launcher. Exactly. Like from from <sighs> you launch the game from Steam and it opens up a new app store that you then launch the game from. Right. Same thing with uh, a Which lot of Square. Sucks for someone who likes Siege. Yeah, same thing a lot of Square Enix games. Same thing mm-hmm. with uh, with Windows Live Forever Go Rockstar. Oh god, it's the worst. Yeah, yeah. Like and, and it's only gotten worse as time goes on. It hasn't gotten better. So I will say this, uh like it's fine if if uh, CD Projekt wants to like launch it as like GOG only or through GOG Galaxy, but like do not put it on Steam if you're going to do that. Just don't. Because yeah. that's just going to make you look bad for inconveniencing everybody to open it on Steam and then open it through GOG Galaxy through Steam, which is fucking stupid. 
Yeah. But also, I mean, I don't know. What if everyone like wants one game collection through one app? And but it won't that, be through like, one app, though. It'll be through one app through another app. Yeah, I know. But there's something about the convenience of having the list of all the games you ever want to think about in one place. Well, and that's why I will still prioritize Steam purchases, even if it's like cheaper or easier through a different client. I mean, yeah, but I got all three Roller Coaster Tycoons off of GOG, and I just added them <laughs> to my Steam library via shortcuts, and I could open them through Steam, but you know, the only thing I'm missing is, like, achievements, but, who, you know, I don't really care about achievements for, yeah, for that, that Yeah, but what much. if you uh, reformat your computer and forget your GOG password? I mean, it'd be the same as if you forgot your Steam password. I, I am going to keep my Steam password as I grow older in a much tighter safe than my other passwords. I don't know, just buy a slightly bigger safe and keep them all in there. <laughs> you know how much I hate buying stuff. <laughs> it's not plastic garbage, George. It's a safe. It's an well, investment for your future. Well, won't you rub a lamp and see if a half-genie hero comes out of the lamp? Uh, Shantae, have you... <laughs> How does that even correlate? It doesn't. I was it trying doesn't. to get no, there. You weren't trying I was trying to get it because you wanted stuff and you, you could get stuff from the half genie. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> wow, that is. Shante doesn't fulfill wishes. She just like slaps people with her hair and they go, oh. 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 Uh, we have a release date for Shantae, Half Genie Hero. It should be around November 15th. They didn't narrow it down to a specific day. However, they did give us a pretty pretty clear window of what day it's going to be. They said, we're going to have to adjust our target release date, moving it back uh, from our 9-27 target release by about six weeks, which would land it at November 15th. The Xbox 360 and PS3 versions are cancelled, but they're pouring resources from those cancellations into speeding up development for the DLC chapters. Mm. Also, I think they got an extended delay for Nintendo platforms. Hang on, I'm just going to confirm this one real quick. I mean, I'm not going to say if that's confirmed or not, but I would say that that doesn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form. Because yeah. Nintendo. Third party working with Nintendo. Yeah. Even a third party as uh, close to Nintendo is way forward. Yeah, actually, that might have just been Grapevine because I'm control effing for the Nintendo word specifically, and I'm not seeing it. It might just be delayed six weeks across the board for every platform then. Uh, but yeah, mm. it's, it's coming. It's happening. Another Kickstarter success. They started this campaign about two years ago. Everything has more or less gone according to plan. Six weeks delays are fine. Please don't be mad about it, the internet. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, good joke, George. Good joke. No, that wasn't a joke. <laughs> oh, it's hard to tell, George. Because now we're coming up to, to our next topic in which event people are. Which is are... a joke. <laughs> it is. It's, it's... <laughs> it's, it's a joke about what people wanted this joke of a game to be. Uh, no more. No, we we have more. No Man's Sky. Oh, great shenanigans coming up again. And both of these stories are literally rumors getting blown out of proportion. Great. What's the what is the um, actual rumor first and foremost? Uh, that Steam, Amazon, and PSN were offering unconditional refunds for No Man's Sky purchases. And what's the reality? Is false and was false that. People were getting away with fudging the refund policy, as they always have. Mm. Uh, Steam, a lot of times you can read cases of people just getting weird-ass refunds just for asking for it. Just, I guess, from a customer service rep who wanted a happy customer. Uh, PSN has kind of an unofficially spoken policy of always... Um, always refunding the customer's first customer refund request. Again, none of this is official. Mm. It's just kind of stuff they are known to do in order to keep people happy. Uh, <clears throat> Amazon's unspoken rule is much more lenient and tends to be, we'll just refund just about anything, but only once a month. <clears throat> oh gosh, sorry. Like I said, I'm, I'm sick and I'm about to flee the country. So, <laughs> so it, it could get worse. Mm. Uh, yeah. As, as it, Turns out people were getting refunds from extensively playing No Man's Sky and then returning it and extrapolated that somehow into 
these outlets are giving unconditional refunds for people who bought No Man's Sky, which is not true. Hey, kids, if you hear something really, really ridiculous on the Internet, chances are it's chances it are, is ridiculous. It's just, yeah. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, it's just a goof. It's a prank, bro. I uh, I, I just am really disappointed <laughs> these days with how, how fast these things spread. Once someone posts something on Reddit, a lot of a lot of the bottom tiers of, of news websites will scoop up that as the primary source without testing the story themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you- yeah, anyone I would try to refund my copy of No Man's Sky before before reporting it, whatever. Yeah. You know what's what's like kind of sad and funny is that most of like the pretty like most of like the better journalists who would like do that research are like just doing solo YouTube content now. <laughs> They're not even writing for websites anymore. Hey, hey, wink wink, nudge, nudge. Well what's uh sad though about that and the reason why the whole business model exists is cause they miss out on having provocative content come out early, which mm. is how you make money right uh next story about no man's sky that is completely rumors blown out of proportion is uh one player's report that holo games was wiping previously discovered planets and animal names from the database mm. and as it turns out it was just this one guy from reddit that a lot of news stories were citing who was having server issues, either on his end or Hello Games' end. Whatever the problem was, it somehow sorted itself out within a day or two. Great. But not before he told the entire world, and the entire world mm-hmm. took it and ran with it, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is, I guess, another aspect of it that people forget. Like, like you can have a feeling, an impression, that when you post to, to your gaming forum community of choice, you're you're keeping your conversation within a tight knit community, but no, you are broadcasting to the whole world and, (laughs) and weird things can happen as a result. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, internet. I would say never change, but like totally change and get better. (laughs) Yeah. I I like that. will happen. (laughs) (laughs) If, if it does happen, it, the fallout won't be pretty mm. <laughs> unlike happy cheery colorful nintendo games right yo yeah. l- if, if it happens though uh much like bethesda's latest release the fallout won't be pretty <laughs> hey god <him>. hey. <laughs> hey that game is okay preston <laughs> sims might end up on the roof <laughs> <laughs> I still love that clip in the needs review her help. <laughs> where I just I, I love two clips in my review the one where he says a settlement needs your help and I just turn around and run away <laughs> and the other one where he's a different guy spawned on the roof who I needed to talk to so I used the game's actually pretty cool town building features to build a staircase up to the roof <laughs> oh my god that's, that's wonderful <laughs> Oh man! Uh, but anyways, anyway, as I yeah. failed to segue earlier, nah, the 3DS I is getting hard. games. Yeah, and, and yeah. So you guys have 3DSs, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You will Never soon have the choice <laughs> to buy ports of Super Mario Maker and Yoshi's Woolly World, and they're making a new Pikmin game. But it's weird. It's a side-scrolling Lemming-style puzzle platformer. Oh. I can get on board mm. for the for the Pikmin one. Um, also, Yoshi's Woolly World looks. I want some Yoshi. Really bad on on the 3ds. Well, yeah, I was gonna say like, uh, of all the reasons <laughs> to buy Woolly World, like it's the Yoshi's Island style gameplay, which I've heard is very faithful to like the things that made Yoshi's Island such an iconic game, uh, and the amazing visual aesthetics. Which why would you, why would you play that on 3ds if you can play it on your Wii U, where it looks fucking amazing? Because Woolly World does I'm look wondering. fucking amazing. If there was any way they could have gotten away with it, because the Woolies World style is super duper heavy on bump mapping. Yeah. That's that's what is missing from all these textures and all these screenshots that they put out. Yeah, like, maybe they could have gotten away with it if the game was like... God, I can't even... I don't even know. Like, if it was just like a 3D game, like, okay, Smash looks fine on 3DS. Because, like... Yeah. Yeah, the the reason why Woolly World's aesthetics are so good is that it looks like actual like 
yarn and crafting things, which, like you said, needs a lot of bump mapping to make it look realistic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not realistic in the way where it's like, oh, like Battlefield 1, like realistic where it, like that looks like an object and it has all the traits that make me think that that is a, an object. It makes you think of fuzz. Yeah, fuzz or like little buttons or threads. I don't know. There's a lot of like stuff that goes into that and it looks really good. I don't know. I wouldn't want to doubt. Like the gameplay, I'm sure, is still fantastic, but uh, the visuals do play into that so much. I don't know, man. Also, Mario Maker. Which apparently has always been promised. I didn't know that. Yeah, neither did I until I hmm. read the quote out of the Ars Technica article. Uh, they say Super Mario Maker was originally slated to launch on the 3DS before it reappeared on the Wii U after delays. And that's something that almost makes too much sense to be false. Because hmm. you play it like a DS game when you're on your Wii U. You stylus a bunch of... Uh, items around an LCD screen you slide around in your hands. Yeah. So that finally happened. It's almost more surprising that it hasn't happened earlier. But also not surprising that it was something that was always supposed to happen. I guess they were really, really... They're, they're so thinned down on games they need to release that they pushed that back to, to December of this year. Yeah, I don't know. I... From what I hear, I didn't watch the direct today, but from what I hear, the there's no level sharing on the 3DS version. Oh yeah, another oh so why, weird feature. Well, I think I, other I, than that, it's identical though. Right, but oh, that's gosh, but like what? that's the defining feature of the game is you play other people's levels. Wait, you're so what are you doing in in Super you're Mario? Making Mario's, <laughs> you're making Mario's, bro. <laughs> yeah. What's the point? There's no point, yeah. man. There's no point. The point is to There's make absolutely Mario's. no point to release it. <laughs> God, what man. The hell? What You ever the just hell? like have the feeling that these Japanese and Nintendo executives just don't know what they're doing? Yeah, and that's why I'm really worried for this this crazy handheld console, which I thought was a good idea, but I just don't have any trust in in or faith in what they can do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I really, really hope. Oh, God. Why would you release something? Okay, never mind. Whatever. Whatever. Super Mario Maker without a level browser? Yeah. That is so stupid. Yeah. Why would you release an online system where in order to become friends with your friends, you need to get their 12-digit code, and they need to get your 12-digit code, and you need to type them in on your respective consoles, and then when you're both God, online it. next, it'll confirm that you guys are friends. Yeah, lovely. A system where, in order to share a specific level with your friends, you have to share a twelve-digit code for every single level 16, you want to play. Sixteen-digit code. Six, ah! Yeah, amazing. It, it's great, isn't it? It's great. Absolutely great. It's amazing that Nintendo survives despite despite being everything. so old school. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. They opened up a Kirby Cafe in Tokyo. Oh yeah, I want to go to that. I'm gonna go. I want to go to that a lot. I love Kirby. Sky Tree. Kirby. Okay. Kirby's like you might want to go ahead and plan now because there's this business model that they do in Japan called the pop up cafe where they just like spend a ridiculous amount of money on a business that's not viable for the sake of advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they had a Kirby cafe opened earlier in a couple of other cities, but it was only open for like six months. Mm, well, rip. Probably not gonna go to the Kirby cafe. Great. But but you might be that's still like a generous window. I don't know. You might want to look up how, or if there are any announcements about how long they plan this one in Tokyo to be open. But the previous ones were open in other cities that I wasn't planning on going to. So earlier I was like rip, but now they just literally opened a one in Tokyo this week. So I'm like yeah yeah. Also their food looks really amazing. Yeah it does. Hey Matt, have you ever seen the Kirby Cafe? No, never. Oh, man, I'm going to link you. You're in for a treat. Uh, <clears throat> potentially hungry listeners, just um, go ahead and Google Kirby Cafe. Scroll halfway down the results to the one with Japanese letters all over the place and go to that one. And they have a menu of how How do they do this? How do they make food look like toys? Uh, different kinds of frosting and such is pretty easy to get that like, like plastic looking texture that doesn't actually taste like plastic ah, thankfully yes yes 
<laughs> There's nothing I love more than destroying a beautiful piece of of art that looks like plastic and putting it in my mouth for digestion. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, uh, so this is totally off topic, but Artnia is a Square Enix themed cafe that I'm really looking forward to just from their food menu because these pop-up cafes, I don't know how they do it. They make stupidly good-looking dishes. Uh, my mouth is it's going. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Wait, are you are you guys okay? Are, are yeah, you, yeah, if, we're good. Are you with me? Yeah, I'm are fine. you feeling me? I'm feeling I'm great. You. I'm feeling right. you and it's okay. Does do, do you feel nothing? Is there just Maybe. nothing there? I'm not sure anymore. Video games, man. So yeah. As you can probably tell, we've reached the end of our line oh, here yeah. at the TOVG podcast. Absolutely, we yeah. have. Yeah. Um, I ran out of all so... train of thought, Steam. <laughs> train of th- It took me like a train of thought of my own to comprehend that one. <laughs> so anyways, uh, do we want to do we want to do the the wrap up where we say our names like usual? Like usual, if you mean usual starting last week. Yes, uh. I do want us to do that because I think that's still an important thing that we shouldn't devalue at all. Um, okay. So, George, why don't you start, boss man? <laughs> My name is Super Bunny Hop. I did a video on Gwent in real life that Matt Visual right over here helped me out with a lot this week. I think it's a hilarious video, super cute. I almost killed myself making it, but that's okay because I'm about to go vacate for two weeks just sleeping and eating in Japan. All right. Well, you can find me at youtube.com slash mapvisual. Yes, Jimmy, I did do it right hey, this time. Uh, in there. Hey, first time for everything. <laughs> um, I did a Pokemon Go video, which is a fun little visual, tasty, uh, aesthetic uh, video that you can watch. Visual? And other than that. Did you catch it? <laughs> yeah. Um, you're, saying, <laughs> you're sending all these cookies in chat. They look really, really good. I they told really, you. The Kirby looks really good. Yeah, I'm going to be working on Metal Gear probably for the next coming months to try to get it done. Um, hopefully play some co-op. And that's me. What about you? More more pirate things, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just tune in for my regular series of pirate videos that I'm totally making and updating <laughs> all the time. Uh, what did I do? I put out a level head on Metric Prime 2. It's shorter, but I mean, I, if I had anything more to talk about, I would have... It's just a video about backtracking. I think it's pretty alright. So you should go check that out. YouTube.com slash SunderGamer. Also, find me on Twitter at SunderCR. Tweet at us if you, I don't know, have something to say politely. Don't tweet at us if you're going to be yeah. a dick, though. That happens every now and then. I pretty much just mute those people immediately. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like I'm just, like, putting That's that out there like, right now. Like, I, if you're a dick on Twitter, I'm literally just going to be like, no response, and you're going to get muted, and you're probably not even going to know if I read your well, tweet or yeah, not. yeah, because if you block them, then they know, oh, and yeah. they'll like, try to, try to ruin your reputation by revealing to the world that you blocked them. If you reply to them, you're starting an internet argument, mm-hmm. which is like, even worse. Yeah. But if you just don't reply and mute, then that... That that's really the best outcome for the both of you. Right. It's like it's like the secret tech. Yeah. Yeah. No one can counter that. Nope. You can't cross that up. There's no mix up to get around that shit. <laughs> the only way to win Have is not to play. Those, those those photoshops of like dating advice articles where it's like how to approach a girl who has oh, a really yeah. strong back reversal. I do can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking gosh! I, th- I think yeah. that's that's funny. That, anyway, that is probably one of one of my more favorite shitty articles turned meme. <laughs> well, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, there's gonna be music coming in now. Catch you later. Bye. Bye. Tell your mom about it. Bush. <laughs>